0: Welcome to the Conversations That Matter podcast, everyone. My name is uh, John Harris, and today we're going to be talking about the situation in Ukraine. But actually, uh, not from just my perspective, as I'm sitting here in the United States and reading articles and that kind of thing. We're actually going to talk to someone who is helping out with the refugee situation. I think this is important for Christians in the United States and across the Western world, and wherever you're listening to me, maybe outside the West, to uh, to hear because. Um, Number one, missionaries in Ukraine need prayer. Uh, they need resources right now. And uh, there are a lot of people that uh, their lives were just uprooted and they're they're having to travel to different places seeking refuge and uh, And Christians across the world can help with this. So um, this is a, a unique situation, hopefully a temporary situation. But uh, with me today to discuss this is uh, Jacob B. Nelson, who uh, is a missionary in the Odessa region uh, in Ukraine, if you look at a map, it's it's in the southern, uh, western region of Ukraine, and he's with Mission Impact Alliance. You can go check out more about uh, Jacoby's um, m- uh, efforts there at MissionImpactAlliance.org. And uh, Jacoby, I really appreciate you joining me.
1: Oh, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. So it's very nice to actually meet you for the first time because I've followed you your channel for. Uh, two or three years now
0: yeah well it's i appreciate it i mean i i didn't really want these circumstances to be the the you know situation in which we're talking on a zoom call but uh you know what this is what's happening so uh, you're there you have eyeballs on what's going on um first of all i think everyone wants to know how you doing (laughs) are you okay uh where are you that kind of thing Uh, uh
1: considering what's happening i'm good um I feel a responsibility to try to be a pillar in the situation for my wife and those around me. We're actually house sitting for a pastor right now. So we have a couple teenage kids here we're watching and there's a couple other girls, one from Kiev, another uh, two from Odessa. One's currently in the States, but she'll be back. And, you know, when we, when we first left it, everyone was feeling quite panicky and, you didn't uh, feel you were emotionally traumatized standing in the line to go out of the border for 36 hours. And I was driving without sleep and you can barely think straight because everything going on. Uh, So I've been just trying my best to be stable. So to help them feel more stable, the girls that are around me and the kids. And uh, we're blessed, but you know, every day, it's hard not knowing when your city might get hit next or hearing the different stories of something else getting shelled um, and, and various other stories that are, are, are horrid basically. Uh, so, you know, it can be a little bit of a roller coaster. And so, yeah, but we're, we're um, far better than we deserve. And we try to keep that perspective that everything we have and is just because of grace. Yeah,
0: well, I'm I'm glad that you're safe, and uh, it sounds like y- you kind of got out before, um, or at least the region you were in. It, it doesn't sound like you know there were uh, there there was gunfire forcing you out immediately. You kind of got out ahead of that. Am I am I right in saying that? Or
1: well, how um, yeah, there there hasn't been heavy gunfire in Odessa yet, by okay. the grace of God, uh, because the nearest city on the southern coast is Nikolaev. They've done an exceptional job. Of, holding back the Russian advance. Okay. And the ships, there was uh, several ships waiting with amphibious boats off the coast. At, at the time when everything was most hot and the Russians were making the most advance and they had like three days of really bad weather. Ah. So God was really answering prayers that, and they haven't really been a, and on the, they haven't really been able to surround Odessa. We were concerned because the, Soldiers coming from Crimea westward through Nikolayev got hung up there. And then the ships weren't able to attack. And then there are soldiers in Transnistria on the eastern side. So if if it had worked out for them, they could have encircled the city. But there's a lot of people waiting for them there. A lot. So it's heavily fortified. Uh, We woke up, I think it was the 24th. At 5 a.m., I heard we were already expecting the possible... Uh, invasion, especially after we watched Putin's hour-long uh, wacko speech, <laughs> and, I, and uh, 5 a.m., heard explosions, and our original plan was to stick around and just try to help our church or help others there. We didn't know what that would look like. It was like, let's wait, see what it looks like on the ground and how, pray for wisdom and how to respond, and we thought, we'll just help people here. But everyone we were contacting to see how they're doing or if we could help was trying to get out of the country. And my wife's little brother, who's more like a son to her, she played a big part in raising him, is in the military academy. So he's there in Odessa. So his parents don't want to leave because he's there. Her father is on reserves because every male from 18 to 60 gets automatically placed on uh, conscription reserves. And then her grandma's there. So her whole family is still there. Even her cousins sent uh, their wives and, and children out, but stayed behind. And I thought that um, it's not worst case scenario were to happen. It would be so hard for my wife to, uh, you know, lose people in her family and her husband as well. Cause I was prepared to stay and help or possibly stay and fight or volunteer. Uh, but I uh, made the decision we should leave. So, on the third day after the explosions, we uh, had a, two friends trying to leave on the train station but couldn't get on a train. So, I invited them to join us and we loaded up in a small RAV4, the four of us and two dogs with all, oh, all wow. the luggage we could fit. Yeah. And uh, stood, waited through a 36 hour line, several kilometers of cars to get through the border crossing. But once we got here, we were super blessed because. Uh, one of the ladies we brought is the um, she runs a reformed Christian book publishing ministry called Tulip and she uh, they have a minister here called Corum Deo which is a uh, neuthetic counseling type thing and my wife's in the school and several of uh, friends and so we had a connection to a pastor here and they put us up in a A comfortable home their parents are in uh, Dubai on vacation so we're staying there and now they left for Dubai and we just transitioned to their house today to house sit for them and do a little babysitting for a couple uh, refugee kids also
0: gotcha um, you know, for people in the United States, when they hear about Ukraine on the media, uh, mainstream media, they're generally it's focused on Kiev and Ukraine is a big place. It's one of the you look at it on a map and, uh, yeah. you know, there, there's so many things going on in so many uh, parts of that country. Um, and so. I, I wanted to ask um, just about, uh, you know, the reason that we're having you on mainly is to just get you resources so you can do what you're doing. But the, the refugee situation, uh, you know, how have you been addressing that? You, you, you shared a little bit with me, um, but what are the needs right now? Uh, what kind of resources do you need uh, that we can provide?
1: Every day has been different. Whatever God places in front of us, we just try to help. Uh, people started spending money the first few days. So we quickly had like $12,000. Um, we went into the church here uh, downstairs. They had a couple uh, Sunday school rooms. I asked the pastor, can we put bunk beds here? He said, sure. So we bought 10 bunk beds in and in two rooms and another smaller room. We set those up and a, and a crib. And there's a ping pong table down there and a kitchen. And so that worked out well for people that different groups that started coming through. And I I drove uh, a guy to the border who his wife sat through that long line in the car and was so tired she couldn't drive anymore. Mm. I drove. It was a stranger, but somehow we got connected. I drove him there to his wife. And then I found a couple ladies with three kids. I offered them a ride back. They wound up staying at the church. And their friend who was in Odessa called us for similar help. Uh, So... Giving people rides to train station, giving people money for bus rides, helping them find places in Romania. We have missionary friends there. We have contacts in Germany. Just trying to help people find places, find transportation, uh, whatever the need of the hour is. And and then later I had a friend in the Army writing me saying, can you help us get body armor? We don't have body armor. And so uh, with another buddy of mine who's actually a business partner, I helped them buy some heavy-duty uh, because exporting body armor out of the States is complex if you're not licensed or you're not going through a major defense contractor. So we actually found uh, brand new manufacturers nearby and we started partnering with them, got templates for the best since we bought two heavy duty sewing machines and and they're getting started on that. Um, and then, you know, the mag pouches and the different pouches, uh, for, for the, the military vets. Um, we're trying to get generators in because some cities have been had all their power cut off. So I found this website that has so, uh, small portable solar power generators that can power people's phones. For example, there was ladies trying to help people evac certain areas and their phones would die because they can download if they're near Kiev. I don't know how far outside of Kiev it goes, but Elon Musk set up Starlink Right. So, if the internet does go down, they can use Starlink, but they still need power. So, we're trying to get certain places power, solar power banks, power banks, generators. Um, I have an Amazon wish list that I created with different stuff. We're trying to get people like thirty-day buckets of dehydrated dehydrated food supplies, or even uh, packets of fruit and vegetable seeds. Um, currently, I I bought a few books on uh, survival kits and event of a nuclear uh, event and what to do. So I I was going to read those today and tomorrow, make a bullet point list and uh, send it out to people in in Russian and Ukrainian. My wife and her friend uh, started volunteer with some humanitarian relief that came from the States just to translate for the medics. Um, uh, So it just depends on each day. We play it by ear. We might even have to leave Moldova. We don't know uh, if Russia were to try to do something here. Um, so, um, you know, like uh, iodine tablets. Um, uh, I'm trying. I would. My my dream is to have an armored van uh, that can sit like ten people and have ten hazmat suits. So, if there was a uh, chemical attack, we could drive any and evac some people. Right. <laughs> or at minimum, I can produce uh, instructions for what to do to keep yourself most safe, like get to a high story in the building and and at least have some uh, potassium iodine tablets, I think they're called. So we've been trying to, you know, it's been a learning curve because I'm not a survival expert or anything, but just trying to read about body armor, read about um, these situations. Um uh, the different types of armored vehicles. Um, and, and, you know, that's like, we're not, it, we don't need to have an armored vehicle, but that would, you know. Uh, so it's a matter of basically the needs are endless. There, there's so many cities that have needs and different drivers can go in. Oh, I, I have a connections, yeah, to different drivers at of different border crossings. And I can send money to get more vests, or I can send money to help these guys get generators over there to this other city. Or we can like two days ago, there a lady and her daughter we paid to get them on a bus out of Mariupol, like the day before the Russians were uh started basically kidnapping people. So it was like just in the nick of time and or like for example. Uh, we got seven ladies and eight kids out of Nikolaev when it first was getting under heavy fire. Um, and the driver charged a pretty penny for that. Uh, we didn't pay it. Our missionary friends did, but um, we helped them uh, find the uh, the van or the bus. Yeah, so yeah, it's just whatever's going on, we play it by ear and we just try to help. and so however much we have is how much we can do. And this is all going to that. Like I'm, I'm blessed uh, currently financially because I had some crypto investments that did really well. I'll be giving some of my own money towards it. So anything people give above and beyond that, I'll give myself, and just try to steward it with wisdom, you know, and uh, think through what's the best, most pressing need of of the hour, and try to fill it if we can.
0: Yeah. So there are. Organizations that a lot of them right now, and some I even read yesterday, uh, there's organizations popping up to try to steal money, they're not, they have nothing to do with Ukraine, but they're using this. So be careful, everyone who you're donating to. Yeah. But there are some really good Christian organizations over there helping out. The advantage, though, I think, uh, in what you're doing, uh, w- w- number one, we all have um, we, we have a face we can put to this, we, we can see you and talk to you, and we know you're a real person who's. Uh, there on the ground and you have context you're integrated into the community and from where you're sitting which is three hours uh, from Moldova or Odessa sorry you're in Moldova right now uh, you it sounds like what's happening then is you know people who are are going back and forth transporting refugees uh, bringing supplies into regions that uh, are war-torn or perhaps about to become war-torn and so, you know, the the people that you trust being on the ground there to give these resources to who will steward them well. And and so that's um, that's one of the reasons I want to encourage people, you know, if you are uh, giving to the refugee situation and Christian ministries, uh, specifically in Ukraine, you know, consider Jacoby because he's uh, he, he's on the ground. He knows the people. And uh, there are, there are people that he can vet that we can't vet from where we're sitting. Um, Now, do you have plans to go back into Ukraine at all? Or are are you planning on just staying in Moldova and kind of directing operations from there? What what are your plans?
1: That's something we wrestle with because often when we first left, my wife felt guilty and wanted to go back. And um, we've talked about it because uh, the humanitarian relief we were helping translate for is talking about sending a medic team in there so we could go and translate Uh, our families there. We know that Odessa is well fortified, Um, but it's also, uh, right now I can't, because I have to watch these kids. There's somebody's kids whose parents are still in Ukraine, but after that's over in another, I think it's two weeks, uh, we're praying that Russia stops because it seems like they're just digging themselves a bigger hole the further they keep pushing so we just keep praying that that they stop um and or that they mutiny or or that they just lose and so yeah like I said we pray we every we do consider it but uh I do have other people that are I can drive to the border like I said one of my buddies sits in the army they can Drive and pick stuff up and meet me at the border so I don't necessarily have to drive in. I have a couple other friends that transport. A um, guy at the church here, um, Yuri, he lived in Canada for several years so we can communicate well in English and he volunteered to be a driver. Um, so it hasn't come to where because our the cities that we're closest to, which would be no, if I drive north, would be Ivano Frankisk or um Chircassi, or Chernipsy excuse me and if I drive over towards Odessa um if I go south uh southeast um there's um everyone there for now is kind of okay you know there was a munitions built a warehouse blew up in Odessa and uh some boats trying to do stuff but uh Yeah, if there was an extreme emergency, like I said, a chemical thing, I would consider going in there and getting people out or something like that. Uh, But for now, we're trying to stay safe and stable. If we're in one place and we're stable, we can be far more efficient with logistics and just helping people send money or send rides or find rides, things like that.
0: Let me ask you about the evangelism opportunities. Uh, do you see evangelism opportunities being presented right now as people are perhaps considering their own mortality and their lives are being uprooted?
1: Well, that uh, that's, happens in different ways. Like um, I used to be in the States a street evangelist. I did that frequently. And then for years doing parachurch ministry in Ukraine, I focused more on the relationship building and then building a friendship and rapport. Because in Ukraine, they really highly distrust Protestants because they've been told for, you know, decades that by the Orthodox Church that we're a cult or a sect. And so you really got to get to know people for them to to, 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 to trust you, anything you say. Um, and I think there's pros and cons to that because that becomes like if people, some people come to Christ, possibly just because of relationships they build, not because... Uh, it's a, a matter of objective truth, so uh, but as far as just sharing the gospel, like I said, that there's just mercy practical mercy ministry where you're giving people that are tired and wet and walk for several kilometers to get across the border a ride, you take them to a warm place, get them food, and I don't, you know, you you chat with them and get their story, but you don't necessarily might not that first night dropped the gospel on them, but they're hanging out at the church and the guys at the church, there's uh, deacons and elders helping us that speak their language. They share the gospel with them. They get invited to the prayer meetings and the, and the Sunday service. Um, there's two families staying at uh, what was uh, uh, a rehab center that we now put these two families of refugees in. We bought them a trampoline today. So we just, a lot of it is just, trying to to serve, and then the opportunities, uh, be Christ to them. And then at other times, it's more like, I see, I'm not sure called to share the gospel, I'm called to disciple people. So I just do my best to share my perspective from a robust Christian worldview about the events that are happening, and live my life as a servant, and as someone who's giving, and as someone who stands behind what I believe for, for several years. And I've made several Ukrainian friends over the years. So I think they see my dedication and uh, a lot of them I've had one-on-one conversations with in the past and they haven't received the gospel. A few may have, but um, you know, they know what I stand for. I'm very outspoken and very clear about it. When we did English club for 10 years and English camps, we share the gospel frequently. Um, what what my actual, if I can share, kind of frustration has been is, uh, I feel like I'm explaining the gospel to Christians a lot, whether it be explaining how communism isn't compatible with the Christian worldview, other basically different worldviews, um, or this like. Let's not tell people that they're sinners right now. Let's just uh, lick their wounds. And there's uh, a time and place for that. But, like, if I uh, walk in and somebody just had a um, bomb dropped on their house or was being raped, I wouldn't just jump into uh, talking about how sinful they are. But what I've been trying to help people see is that we are exceedingly sinful, that we're idolaters by nature, that Every breath we have in life is, a, is a, a, a gift. It's a grace. Everything good we have is grace. We don't deserve it. And uh, to try to help even other Christians I know have this perspective, because I see a lot of um, people angry at Russians, and it's hate Russia, kill Russia, Russia bad. And, you know, The facts are, uh, and they know this, they just, a lot of them don't want to think about it right now because they're being, you know, attacked, but there's a lot of corruption in Ukraine and a lot of leftist policies being advanced and a lot of abortion is super high. Uh, Terrible things happen in the orphanages. Um, It's, you know, natural for people to cheat. Uh, It's just a... Soviet culture, um, and th- there's a lot of light, there's a lot of wonderful things God is doing, you know, but it's a hard climate. And just trying to say, shouldn't we now be crying out to God for the sins of our leaders, for our own sins, and acknowledging that? Um, and I'm not telling that like to people's face when they're in the thick of pain. I'm more posting these things on social media so people can think about them in their own space and for even the Christians to think about, like, how are we, if we think they, like, because my perspective, I, I don't know if you would agree, but um, I assume you would, uh, is that we all deserve God's wrath immediately now. And if we're not Christians, the Bible says the wrath of God abides on us. And we are rejecting God and we worship created things. Our heart is wor- always worshiping, and our heart, our desires, our will, our what we think about and what we love, is not God. And, and it, we don't pursue God by nature. That we're sinners by nature, dead in sin. And but people will say, "But we don't deserve this. Ukraine doesn't deserve this." I'm not saying Russia is justified in what they're doing. They're absolutely not. They're stealing land. They're killing civilians. Uh, you know, they don't belong here. Uh, not to mention they're like <laughs> like Machiavellian liars and professional liars. And so, but my point is to say, yes, Russia definitely has issues, but we are can't have a self-righteous attitude because we need to see that humble ourselves under God Because the Chaldeans, right? The Chaldeans were sent to judge Israel for her sins. But then later God judged the Chaldeans for doing so. And that's kind of how I see this possibly. I don't know what God is doing overall, but I know the West is uber corrupt. Russia is uber corrupt. And Ukraine is not an innocent angel. Um, The people need food. They need help. They need comfort. And we are giving them that. But they also need to know that they are desperately sinful and have a desperate need for a savior who is far more glorious and beautiful in all the implications of the gospel in life than what this world is trying to build through state so there's a ideas. hardness there
0: uh, but the, so is there an openness though i'm mean, because of the what's going on right now do you see any um openness yet or, or are you hopeful that it'll lead to an openness that wasn't there previously
1: Well, I've only like uh, a handful of people that I'm in person interacting with. Most of it is helping people over the phone. Um, And this is um, case by case. Everyone is in their different place. Some people are like, I feel like if I'm giving someone a ride and I just start. Now, listen to me tell you the gospel. I feel like I'm saying, I'm giving you a ride. You owe it to me. Listen to me. The Christian guy tell you this. So I don't force that on them. I just uh, ask them about that. Their.
0: um, Yeah. I've been just wondering what what kind of questions people are asking if they're, if you're just sensing in them as more of a softness, that's all. If if people are more, I I can't
1: say, I think everyone is, some people are hardened. Some people are. um, I know that uh, the Christians are. The Christians woke up and very, uh, you know, feel a just a tenderness to pray a lot more um, and to cleave to God and other people. I can't say for sure, actually, the 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 elders of the church that are with the ladies every day there, they could tell you better than I can, actually. And that's something I should ask them. Yeah, because they're sharing the gospel with them and reading the Bible with them and things.
0: And some of the the resources that people in this audience send will go to them, I'm assuming. And um, I know that's important. I know for me and for others that, yeah, we, we definitely want to help with the physical needs. That's certainly a huge part of this um, people suffering. Uh, we also want, the reason we would want to give to a Christian uh, ministry is because we, we, we want the gospel to be present in that. We want um, the opportunity to repent, uh, trust in Jesus uh, for the forgiveness of sins to be Um, uh, something that if someone, if someone is, uh, going through a hard time like this, many of us in this audience uh, that are listening right now, we've gone through hard times. And those are the things that often bring us to a realization, Hey, we need the Lord. And so we want people, um, surrounding them. If they need to go get a, some kind of a resource survival kit, food generators, body armor, they're going to get that from someone who can give them the gospel. So, um, so that, that's part yeah, of the speaking that. of
1: Bibles. I have little gospels of John and Russian and I give those to everybody. Praise that God! I, uh, yeah, give it come in contact with. And I just wrote them about ordering more today, so
0: good, good. Yeah, yeah so, so that's something to pray for, it sounds like. And I'm I'll be um just pitching it to you too in a minute. Like, what do you think we should pray for? But one of the things it sounds like to me from what you're saying is we need to pray for uh, a softness, uh, that the hearts, uh, yes. hard hearts, mm-hmm. would soften. Would they would um, that people in Ukraine would um, realize that they're sinners too? <laughs> and that's Vladimir Putin is not the only sinner on the face of the earth, right? It's not Russians aren't sure. the only people that sin. Um, that's something that affects all of humanity, including people in Ukraine, including people who uh, are victims of, um, uh, of violence and these kinds of things. And, and, and even more so, we need to realize that now when life can be cut short so quickly. So let's pray for that. Uh, in fact, I, I think we should probably close this, this show with prayer. But, you know, tell me, uh, if you would, you know, what other things can we be praying for here in America?
1: I can tell you what I've been praying for. Uh, softness toward the gospel. God to open the eyes of even Zelensky and the other members of his uh, cabinet. And um, I've been tweeting at them the gospel <laughs> now and then um, uh, um, that God would uh, confound and confuse the enemy, that he would make uh, the soldiers aim true, that he would uh, keep them rested and uh, emotionally strong and alert to fight well, to protect our loved ones, to protect our home, pray for um, provision. Um, Pray for conviction of the Russians, that they would have a conscience, that they would mutiny, that a lot of these people have family in Russia and Ukraine, and they hear the stories from their family, what's happening. Russia doesn't give them the true story because they have a monopoly on the media there, so they can slant the story any way they like. That's one of the reasons I've been telling people Putin is not a champion of conservative Christian values. There's no freedom of press. There's no freedom of speech. People go on the street to protest they're beat down to the ground and arrested. Same thing in Belarussia. If you get arrested in Belarusia, you get gassed or something terrible like that. And that's another Putin regime. So, so many things you can pray for. And, um, you know, for the drivers, the guys that are driving in uh, food, that they'd be safe. Uh, most of them don't have armored vehicles, that the, the stuff they're driving, Tens of thousands of dollars sometimes pallets of food and medical supplies that it would reach its destination
0: yeah uh, what about for yeah. your family Jacoby? Uh, what about you and, and your uh, your wife and you know how can we be praying for you?
1: That I can be an encouragement to my wife and disciple her in um, in thinking about this well um, um, that we steward this opportunity well for the glory of God and just give us strength to continue serving.
0: Yeah. Well, let's, let's do that. If you don't mind, I'll, I'll just uh, kind of close this show out with a, a word of prayer. I don't often do that. I just feel compelled uh, right now to just pray for you and for the situation there, because uh, it's on our minds quite a bit. Every time we look at a, a walking past a, a TV, it's usually talking about Ukraine somehow and, um, and that's a good reminder, I think, to us that, you know, hey, pray for Jacoby, pray for the missionaries you might know there, pray for the people of Ukraine, pray for the gospel to go forward. We know that beyond anything else, that's the hope. That's that's what needs to happen. So, um, so a lot you of pastors,
1: a lot of Ukrainian pastors need prayer. They're in there alone and sent their families out and they're trying to serve and help people and encourage people every day, making videos to encourage their flock. So they need prayer for sure. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, let's pray. Father, we thank you for Jacob B. We thank you for the ministry that you've given him there in Ukraine. Um, Father, I just pray that you would strengthen him, Lord. I know uh, it's been rough the last few weeks. He hasn't gotten a lot of sleep. And thank you for bringing him to a safe place now, Lord. But I know it's weighing on his heart, the needs of the people that are in Ukraine, Lord, people he knows personally. And Father, use this audience and uh, other Christians in the United States and other places, Lord, to help uh, in with the needs of the saints there. Also, Lord, um, we pray for the gospel to go forward, that people who aren't saints, who don't know you, Lord, would hear about you, and in this time of desperation, that they would look to you, and um, that you would provide the missionaries uh, that are there the words that they need, and um, that, Lord, you would use uh, every dollar we contribute, Lord, uh, to, to this effort, Lord. May, may that also go along with the gospel's message, Lord. We pray for repentance, for a softening. We pray for these leaders, Lord, Zelensky, Putin, um, even our leaders, Lord, here in the United States and across the West that are involved it's... in this. We just pray for humility, for repentance, uh, Lord, we know that uh, there's uh, a lot of blame going around a lot of different places. No one's hands seem to be completely clean in any of this. And um, it's a shame because there's a lot of people suffering, Lord, that, are, um, that, that weren't part of any of the decisions made. Uh, and so we pray for just repentance, Lord, and that you would bring a revival to Ukraine, specifically, Lord, uh, in, in this time of conflict. We thank you for your son. We thank you for salvation in him. And uh, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Oh, well brother uh we'll be praying for you and um awesome thank you thank you for what you're doing thank you for um helping people i know you didn't have to do this but uh you know you, you're you're choosing to and uh means a lot so we kind of
1: have to <laughs> we're here we gotta yeah. we gotta do it well yeah, keep yeah. me up so data. thank you yeah praise god. Thank all you.
0: right god bless